0: Welcome, 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 and football is fucking back, boys. I am so fucking pumped. I, I can cut diamonds. Nick's hard. So excited. So pumped up. Football's back. What's up, Gavin? What is up, Khan? Who the fuck wants to talk first? I don't even care. Football's back.
1: Football's back, man. I'm so excited. Um, I don't even know. Where do, where do we want to start here? I, I guess I'll guess we'll start with my team, right? That makes the most sense. I'll, um, man. Where do, where do I begin? Um, we had the the privilege of playing the Las Vegas Raiders this last hold Sunday. On, hold on. We're
0: not, we're not even going to get into that yet. We're going – I wanted to see how the fuck you were doing with football being back. We will get into your team. How are you doing, Gavin?
1: You said you didn't give a fuck what I talked about. Liar. No,
0: no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I'm not, what, not, into, not into topics. I wanted to hear how you were doing, how the football weekend went. Connor, I'm going to you because I think Gavin's being disrespectful. Oh,
2: so I'm still kind of taken aback by your uh, comment about the uh, hardness
0: of of my nips. Nothing, nothing else. I wasn't of, going. Of I nips. wasn't
2: going that far. No, you weren't. This is a this is a family friendly podcast. No, exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly. I mean, so this is a Facebook
2: pod fo- podcast, Gavin. That's what we're doing today. A Facebook family friendly podcast.
0: Nothing about I'm very excited to talk about
2: all of you guys today.
0: So first of all, I'm going to go through the scores just in case anybody here who is listening does not know of the scores. But Gavin, I will let since I interrupted as oh, wow. uh Thanks. You know. I will I will let you get into whatever it is that you're going to go.
1: Okay, all right. I appreciate it. All right, well, like I was saying, um we had the privilege of playing the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. Um that went about what I expected. Um I picked the Raiders to win. Um and it, like it was pretty textbook as far as like I said how I thought it would go and that was mm-hmm our defense being atrocious. Um, I knew Josh Jacobs was just going to stomp on our assholes the entire game. And he ended up scoring three touchdowns and, um, and then even, you know, Derek Carr, while he wasn't amazing, I mean, he still made plays when he needed to. And um, it was surprising though. Our our, our offense did put up 30 points, right? Um, Now, seven of those came from, you know, or well, actually, I think we scored a two point conversion. Anyway, uh, one of those touchdowns came from a flukey kind of play to Robbie Anderson. It was, um, you know, Robbie Anderson just absolutely destroyed Damon Arnett, broke his ankles, and um, Teddy Bridgewater, for some reason, floated the ball. Um, and the other DB that wasn't on the ground with broken ankles just whiffed on the tackle, and Robbie Anderson went. It's like 75 yards to the house. Um, But like if the whole, before that happened, it was just Teddy Bridgewater, you know, Dinkin Duncan, not really doing anything special. And then it almost seemed like he was also just out of sync with the receivers. Like even the balls that he was giving to the receivers that were, you know, not five yards from the line of scrimmage. Like they were behind Curtis Samuel or behind DJ Moore. And it just wasn't a great showing. Um, I'm not saying I'm mad about the loss, Like there's no reason for us to win any amount of games this year. I know that is a touchy subject with some football fans. Um, The idea of not tanking, you know, I know, I know there's no real tanking in the NFL. No teams go out there and purposely lose any games. I understand that. Um, Every player is playing for a paycheck. Every coach is playing for their job and that's how it is. But um, as a fan, I don't want the Panthers to win any games. If I'm being real, I want to see promise from the young guys and that's about it because all we're doing by winning six games, seven games, is just being in a worst trap position and what you need to rebuild a team starts with the quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater is not the long-term solution. And I pray to God that Matt rule and Joe Brady don't think that he's a long-term solution at all either, because he's not taking us any kind of distance in the playoffs or he's not getting us there either from what I'm seeing right now. Um, I know this is a bit, like, you can say it's an overreaction from week one, but this is what Teddy Bridgewater has been his entire career. A, you know, solid game manager, but no one you can depend on to put the team on his back and carry so, a roster, right? So,
0: a little bit of rant there about Gavin, but I figured I should give him his time. He's really hurting right now as a Panther fan.
1: <laughs> I am, dude. Uh,
0: and I, uh, so, yeah. I'm going to go for the scores real quick so we can go through our overreactions for the week. We we already spoke about the Chiefs beating the Texans 34-20. to Seattle C- C- Seahawks let Russ Cook 38-25. They beat the Falcons. The Jets looked fucking atrocious. They lost 17-27 to 27 to Josh Allen and the Bills. Mitch Trubisky and the Bears kind of lucked out by DeAndre Swift. drop in the end zone for a 27-23 to 23 win. The Packers... Beat the Vikings 43 to 34. Uh, the first game with Cam Newton as a Patriot, two rushing touchdowns, 75 rushing yards, beating the Dolphins 21 to 11. One of the most surprising wins in the week comes goes to the Washington football team beating the Eagles 27 to 17. Gavin's Philadelphia prediction of them just not looking so good, looking pretty good right now. So twenty-seven <laughs> seventeen off of eight sacks, including one and a half from Chase Young, looked like a fucking monster.
1: Uh, Can I just uh, throw in theory? one second that uh, I think we should all take a moment of silence and prayer for Carson Wentz this coming weekend facing Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams.
0: Moment of silence done. Thirty-four <laughs> Raiders beat the Panthers. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Indianapolis Colts 27-20. The Jaguars, who were apparently supposed to go and 16 by many people's estimates. The Ravens absolutely shit on OBJ and the Browns' chest just, just how they like it, 38-6. Oh, God. Chargers beat the Bengals. No longer a
2: Facebook podcast.
0: Chargers. Bengals off a last second missed field goal and the fakest injury by Randy Bullock I've ever seen their kicker when they miss a field goal and he suddenly hurt his hurt his calf, Whatever, six man deserves an Emmy. Joe debut. Saints beat the Buccaneers 34 to 23. Cardinals beat the 49ers 24 to 20. Connors Cowboys lose to the Rams 17 to 20. The Steelers beat my beloved Giants 26-16. Big Ben is back. Titans beat the Broncos barely 16-14 off of one of the worst kicking performances I have ever seen by Steven Gostkowski. Overreactions, boys. I'm going to let Connor go, first of all. I don't even know if you have an overreaction. I'm just going to ask you how you feel about Mike McCarthy's first game as head coach and how that team looked.
2: Honestly, it felt a lot like... uh... The years under Jason Garrett, which was a very sad thing to experience. They had a chance to tie the game in the fourth quarter, and they went for it on fourth and three. That was after they ran the ball on third and six to put themselves into, I guess, fourth down and three. And obviously they did not get that first down. And there was a terrible uh, offensive pass interference call on Michael Gallup. And if that wasn't called, just like Des Bryant caught the ball and the Cowboys really are Super Bowl champions, I think of the Cowboys as 1-0. and
1: um.
0: Okay. Uh, well, they're not. They're zero one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So first they're of all, let's talk about that call first. First of all, awful. Technically, it was didn't get full
2: play. extension. He didn't get full extension. They were battling for it. You got to let that play go.
0: No, no, no. No, I agree. I agree. They definitely should let that play go. But he hundred percent did get full extension. He hundred percent did. But like not you said, they extension. were they were they were. Battling each other, are arm battling. When you're when it's that late in the game, I don't understand how you can make that call because that can just absolutely potentially ruin a game. But I will say that's not the reason why the Cowboys lost.
2: No, I'm not gonna. But,
0: you don't. You can't. But they would, would the have game
2: tied game. it or won if that that call didn't happen. It wasn't no, the re- no, it wasn't no, the only reason no. they lost, but it was decisive.
0: Well one thing that kind of that really gets me about Mike McCarthy and always has even his time with with, uh, the Packers is the fact that especially like on the Cowboys where the Cowboys have such a good roster in place it's just he's apparently like dove into analytics he apparently watched every game over the past year and yet He's not giving Dak – like, the offensive system looked exactly like the offensive system from last year. It looked like a conservative offensive system that when it worked, it worked. It was awesome. Obviously, they were able to scheme guys open. But on the night, Dak Prescott had 10 total pass attempts at a play action. And with that team, I just feel like you gotta you got to use some more play action to – freeze the linebackers and get uh, Cooper or Gallup or even Lamb just across the field on these crossing routes that they love to use. It just I don't I don't really understand just how conservative your offense is. I I just it makes no sense to me. They have so many weapons and they're just playing like I don't know, just playing like bitches.
2: They do have the same offensive coordinator from last year with Kellen Moore. So I don't know how much that has to do with it. And, I mean, Prescott was also just bad in the second half. I know they didn't run a great offense, but he was 10 of 21 in the second half with 79 passing yards. The idea that you can have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper and only score three points in the second half against a mediocre Rams defense is honestly pathetic.
0: Well, what, what I will say is, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's very good. And Aaron, Aaron Donald's Donald.
2: really good. Outside of those two, that is a very mediocre defense.
0: It's just Aaron Donald had a pressure on 31% of snaps according to next gen stats. 31% of the snaps, Aaron Donald had a pressure. How is that possible? I feel like you just gotta just if you just get in his way, he should like, obviously it's easier said than done, but just Chris. getting in his way. You shouldn't be able to give up a pressure on 31% of snaps. Chris. That makes no sense. What's okay. up?
1: Did you, I don't know if you saw the highlights from – not like the highlights, but it was like these like these clips of uh, like a close-up of Aaron Donald and a couple of his pass rushes where he literally, one, took Zeke, picked him up with one hand, and almost threw him into Dak Prescott. And then another one where he took two of Dallas's O-line and, like, just shove them both onto the ground at once. Like, he's a freak of a human being. And for being a quote-unquote undersized D-tackle, what he's able to do is scary, honestly. He's incredible. He's incredible. He's
0: he's by far – he legitimately might be the best player in the NFL. And he's personally my best player in the NFL. It's just he plays a position that's not necessarily going to translate to wins because, you know – You you need an elite quarterback, really, to win in this league. Nonetheless, going to overreactions of other teams, uh, I'll start out. I am so high on the Seahawks right now. And I don't know if I'm falling in a trap because they actually let Russ cook. And this wasn't even a game where they were forced to let Russ cook. Last year, I tweeted it. They only let Russ pass the ball more than 34 times. Six times total. And then he eclipsed that number this year in the first game. And they didn't even have to. If they let Russ cook, they won 38-25. to This legitimately might be... A Super Bowl team. I am so fucking high on them. The only thing that scares me is Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's coming out today. He's saying we didn't give Chris Carson the ball enough. We didn't run the ball enough. You won 38 to 25. What the fuck do you mean? You didn't run the ball enough. Why the fuck does that matter? Not- you won 38 to 25. You almost won by two touchdowns. What the fuck do you mean? Literally keep doing that. Play aggressive. What are we doing here? Like what are we even talking about? But if they continue doing this, they're the most aggressive team on first and second down by pass by pass rate. If they just keep doing this, I I legitimately think like this legitimately could be the NFC champion. Connor, you're shaking your head. Why? Why are you shaking your head? I th- I think we all
2: know Pete Carroll's going to Pete Carroll. This is not going to be a week in week out occurrence. I actually looked it up. This was the first time Russell Wilson, who is arguably the best quarterback in football has thrown for over 300 yards in the regular season since, since week nine of last year, Pete Carroll is going to go back to the running game. He actually talked about how he wanted to run more in the post game, even though they won. This man is in love with running the football. And honestly, I thought that Russell Wilson obviously looked great, but we knew this. I didn't see anything shocking in this game. This doesn't really change my opinion about the Seahawks. They beat a mediocre Falcons team. And they're going to go back to running the football and running an inefficient offense probably within two weeks. Also, the Packers are just a better team than them. So are the Saints.
0: I just, I just don't really yet how they can go back after this. But like, I, I agree with you. I, I personally think that they will. But if they don't, this team is my NFC champion. If they if they stay this aggressive, because I just 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 Russell Wilson, that's been their main problem. The only thing they really need they have the weapons. They got Tyler Lockett. They got DK Metcalf. Greg Olson even looked pretty good. Yet guess, not yesterday. I'm thinking today's Monday on Sunday. They have the they have the running backs for when they actually want to run. Their defense, their defense is pretty good. I mean, it's not it's not amazing because they don't really have the corners. But Jamal Adams was all over the field on Sunday. I thirty one to thirty five, three hundred twenty two yards, nine point two yards per attempt, four touchdowns for Russell Wilson. We all know how amazing he is, but like you said, this is the first time since Week Nine of last year he threw for three hundred yards, but. If they keep giving him these attempts, if they keep giving it to him, I just, I don't know who in the NFC can really beat this team except, may, except the Saints and maybe the Bucks if they turn it on, because the oh. Bucks do have a great roster.
1: Okay. I, I have a counterpoint to that. Well, I agree with everything you said as far as the Seahawks go. If they let Russell Wilson keep throwing on early downs, they had one of the highest rates this week. They had the second highest rate this week outside of the Eagles, but we saw how that turned out. Um, but, I, like you said, as far as what Pete Carroll said in the postgame, that's scary. And I feel like, I don't know how you could, I, I, like you said, I don't know how you can see this game and think, well, oh, we need to change. You know, it doesn't make any sense. But as far as if things continue to happen, then X will happen. I kind of want to move into Aaron Rodgers and what we saw on Sunday from him. And there was buzz the whole offseason. One about him being pissed, and this being a revenge tour because of what happened in the draft. We all we went over that, and we all know what how happened. That. Okay, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Well, they drafted his replacement. Um, they drafted a halfback in the second round that was built for the '90s, and they drafted a fullback in the third round and didn't give him any kind of weapons. Um, Question. Yeah.
0: But did AJ Dillon in the second round help the calf to lag
1: ratio on the team? Um, yes, okay,
0: I see that as a win.
1: Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) Okay, despite that, there was also something that happened over the offseason, and I don't know how much of this is an overreaction, and but I think it's the point of this segment. He said that he went back and he watched film not of a game but of practice from back in the day when Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers, and he saw something. In that tape, he never actually said what it was, but he said he noticed something that he used to do that he wasn't doing anymore, and that's why he hasn't been himself. Now, if I can go ahead and take a guess on what that is, what we saw on Sunday, was that it finally looked like Aaron Rodgers was back to throwing in rhythm, and he was, you know, taking the ball, doing his drop back, looking, finding his read, throwing it in rhythm, not taking the ball, you know, looking really uncomfortable, having an open route, deciding for no reason other than he just doesn't trust his receivers to tuck it, scramble, and then throw the ball away like, or take a sack, right? We just, I think what we, Aaron Rodgers, his tools never left. He still has the arm. He still has the playmaking ability. He's still the same guy. I just think it was a mental thing. And if we see what we saw on Sunday, now granted, like we were talking about with the Falcons, this Vikings defense isn't great. And the corners are terrible, and the safeties didn't play well enough to mask that. But They're Aaron Rodgers, bad. yeah, okay, yes, I, Aaron Rodgers bad. still balled out though, dude. He still was throwing dimes to Devonte Adams. That man wrecked me in fantasy. Wrecked me.
0: <laughs> so everything that you said is like pretty perfect. Like throwing in rhythm, throwing with confidence, which is something that I haven't seen in Aaron Rodgers. Like. He's always, Obviously, he's always had confidence in his own ability, but he hasn't had the confidence in his receivers to where he's chucking it downfield and just making these spectacular throws. And this, So his numbers were 30, 32 of 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns. It wasn't like he was just dinking and dunking either. He, aver, he averaged 8.9 yards downfield per attempt. And, and honestly, his day should have been much better. Marcus Valden's scantling dropped a wide-open... Like, 40, 50-yard bomb downfield. And you already heard the numbers I said. Aaron Rodgers just just balled the fuck out. He Something that we really lacked from Aaron Rodgers was, one, the confidence in receivers, and two, just a consistent making, like, just a consistent playmaking that he used to have. And it's just been, like, last year, Where he led the league in throwaways because he just doesn't really, didn't really trust his weapons. He's always been very safe with the ball. I mean, look at his interception rates the past two years. He's thrown a total of six in the past two seasons, interception rate of 0.3%, 0.7%. So we're already talking about a safe quarterback. If you add the fact that Aaron Rodgers, like what he used to be, was both safe with the football, wasn't throwing interceptions, wasn't fumbling the ball, wasn't turning the ball over, and then you add the big playmaking ability of what Aaron Rodgers is and has been throughout his entire career, if that's back, this Packers team can genuinely be very, very scary. And also what really encouraged me too was that all this talk of the Green Bay Packers being very run-heavy – they let they let Aaron Rodgers cook, and not that he hasn't really had the opportunity in previous years, but this time he cooked and he cooked a pretty good fucking meal. Con, what do you, you you got anything to say on this? It's hard to follow up. I was pretty good there.
2: Yeah, Chris, I think you, you covered most of those points. <laughs> I mean, I watched that game, and yeah, I'm sorry, Gavin, that you had to play someone who had Devontae Adams. He absolutely destroyed those baby cornerbacks oh on God. the Vikings. They might get better because Mike Zimmer might coach him up a little bit. He's a terrific defensive coach. But week one, they just looked like they didn't belong in the NFL. It was tough to fucking
1: points I got dunked yeah. on by Devontae. I had to face Devontae. Josh
2: Jacobs in fantasy football. So I know how you're feeling, kind <laughs> of.
0: Devontae Adams me. is legitimately so fucking clean off the line of scrimmage. There legitimately might not be a better route runner in the league. If somebody said that he was the best wide receiver in football, I'd personally disagree, but I I would have no problem with it because his routes are so fucking clean. There's You try and get a hand on in and press coverage, and you just can't. He's so clean. Now for another overreaction from the very same game, just a real quick victory lap on my part. The Vikings are not making the playoffs. Their defense is bad. Their offense is too predictable to where when when the fucking Vikings were down, they were down 19 to 7 and Kirk Cousins only had four pass attempts. Like how how is it that you're just letting the fucking Packers continuously score and you only have fucking four pass attempts? What what, what are you doing? I understand Mike is a very good coach. He's a very good defensive coach. He doesn't have the defensive talent, not on the, def- the defensive backfield at least, and he's too conservative on offense. It's just like if they make the playoffs this year, it's going to be on the skin of their teeth because they don't have, they don't have Stephon Diggs. Adam Phelan looks like a beast. Adam Phelan is a beast. I love Adam Phelan, but literally Kirk Cousins has zero other options.
1: Hey, don't disrespect Kyle Rudolph like that, man.
0: Uh, I mean,
1: come on. Come on.
0: Come on. All right, moving on to the next overreaction. Maybe it shouldn't even be... Okay. The Saints and the Buccaneers. We have to talk about that, There are many overreactions you can take from this game. Yeah. One overreaction that I had, uh,
1: yeah, and I, and I don't think that's that much of an overreaction. I think Connor's shaking his head again like he's been doing a majority of the podcast, but I think it kind of goes with what we've been seeing at the end of the seasons. Um, his arm kind of looks a little toasted. It looks like, you know, he wasn't throwing the ball. I mean, obviously they won, right? They still scored 34 points or whatever it was.
0: Seven of those were a pick six.
1: Okay, so they scored 27 points. Still, that's not bad. Against a, against a Bucks defense that is pretty solid, right? Um, but he still just didn't look like, you know, vintage Drew Brees. We don't see a lot of bad games from Drew Brees, but this wasn't great. Even in a win, this wasn't great. So just to put some
0: perspective on it, uh, he was 18-30, 160 yards, 5.3 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So – I don't think Drew Brees is going to be bad or anything. I don't. I, I, I've been kind of shaking the second He thinks I'm going to declare that Drew Brees just suddenly isn't good. No, he, he's, he's going to be a good quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind. He's extremely accurate. He's extremely smart. And the only thing that I'm going to say is that I just think it's going to be hard for this team to really, like, unless their defense is just historically good this year, I just don't really see Drew Brees in the very end where we go into the postseason after all the throws Drew Brees is going to have to make this year. Drew Brees arm just it it, it does look done. And this isn't like one of those things where, like, I remember when Peyton was with the Broncos his uh, his last few years, I remember when he. Even when he had when he set the record for most passing yards, most touchdowns, his arm didn't really look great. But he was very, very smart with how he threw the ball. He understood his arm strength to where I know I don't have the arm strength yet. I'm not yet anymore. But I know when to throw it deep. I know how much space I need when I how many yards downfield I can throw the ball. And I'm very good at my timing. All of Sunday with Drew Brees, it didn't really look like he had that confidence in his arm or the understanding of how deteriorated his arm is to where he understands when to throw the ball, where to go with the ball. You know what I'm saying? He, just didn't, he didn't really look like he fully had understanding of how much arm strength he has. And I think that's something that's very hard for most quarterbacks as they deteriorate in arm strength. Is really adapting and Drew Brees has been adapting for a very, very long time. But it, I don't know, it, it just looks like a whole new level of deterioration in his arm. I don't know, Connor. Uh, because you've been shaking your head, what, what, how do you, how do you feel? Is this like too much of an overreaction? Yes, I can't
2: believe there were two old men who struggled in that game, and I cannot believe we're talking about Drew Brees right now. So, obviously, I mean, I don't see what's different from last year. Drew Brees had a weak arm last year. He didn't turn the ball o- at all over in this game. He, t- he, kept, he t- uh, took care of the football. And Michael Thomas had a hamstring injury. I really think it was as simple as that. I mean, the Buccaneers' defense is pretty solid.
0: Michael Thomas didn't hurt his – it was an ankle injury, and he didn't hurt himself until the last quarter when the game was already done.
2: Once Michael was Thomas – like he things. only had three catches this game. I guarantee you, Michael Thomas will not be held under 50 yards for the rest of the year. They're going to get that connection going again, and he's going to be fine. He's out actually in a few weeks, by the way. He, he's, he's declared out. For- that's, so- good for, that's good for my fantasy bench because I have Emmanuel Sanders. That's really bad for Drew Brees. But yeah, so- once Michael Thomas gets back, he'll be fine is basically what I'm saying. And, mean, I mean, so, I mean Tom did- Brady's the one who lost the game. He threw two interceptions. A really ugly pick six. I think this is his third straight game throwing a pick six, which puts him in the same category as Nathan Peterman. Okay, if we're okay. gonna freak out over any quarterback this week, it should be Tom Brady, and I'm not even freaking out over Tom Brady.
0: Connor, let me, I'm just gonna ask you this question: With Tom Brady and his struggles, did he look like he was struggling because of a lack of arm strength, or did it look like just more of him in the adjusting
2: office- to a new system? Yes. Yes,
0: Because if anything... I'm not
2: freaking out about Brady, but I'm freaking out less about Drew Brees, who's been in the same system forever.
0: This game, actually, that's exactly the reason why I'm kind of worried about Brees. Because Brees, he has the mental capability, obviously. He's such a brilliant quarterback. He's so accurate with the football. But yet, he wasn't... He didn't produce at all. This was one of the worst games in Sean Payton's offense ever in terms of like offensive efficiency they still won the ball because their defense was so good but just the fact that this was a system that uh breeze has always been in it is so successful in recent years that this kind of seems like so underwhelming to where it is going to worry where it does worry me but with brady a lot of the criticism towards him has been his like arm strength and the lack of pushing downfield. I think in this game it really just showed that he still has a ton of arm left. He had a few 40, 50-yard bombs to uh, to Mike Evans and Scotty Miller. Both of those actually were uh, dropped and both were uh, ruled pass interference on the defense, but they were perfect balls. They were right in the breadbasket. And then there's another one to Chris Godwin that was like a 35-yard pass, and it was as perfect, perfect of a throw that you can get. I'm so encouraged that Tom Brady still has that accuracy and that confidence to get the ball downfield. And I'm not saying that you need to be aggressive in terms of like passing the ball downfield. But all this talk of Brady being done, his arm being washed, I think this game really showed that it's not. If this game was more due to the fact that he's not used to the new offense yet, that I'll come over the season. If it's all about reading, because Brady, as I said with Breeze, Brady is as smart of a quarterback, as smart as any quarterback in NFL history. He knows how to read defenses. He's not used to the offense yet. He's going to he's going to get used to it. He's not going to throw two picks every game. He's, this is not a Jameis Tom Brady. He's going to get used to the offense. He's going to put up numbers. He, his arm looked lively. He's just not really adjusted to this scheme yet, and he's not really adjusted to his weapons yet. Okay. That's, that's so,
1: how I feel. Let, let, me, let me counter that with... Okay. We're, a, we're worried about Drew Brees because he's been in the same system, and we think that his physical tools are going away. Yeah. And it's almost the exact opposite for Tom Brady. I agree that I don't think his physical tools have... Well, they've obviously deteriorated since he was the MVP of the league. Like, we're not... I don't think you're arguing that we, he's still that quarterback. Um, I think you'd be a madman to still think that he was capable of doing what he did back then.
0: Yeah. Are we are, are we talking about twenty? Are we talking about 2007 MVP season? Or are we talking about 2017 MVP season? 2017. I think I I think he can be just as good as twenty seven okay. not, not just as good, but I think his arm strength could be just as close to it. I okay. Mean, I, don't, well, I don't
1: really. Okay, sure, but I don't think arm strength is the only thing that you know like regardless I don't I, I okay but me personally I don't think that he has the capability of being the 2017 Tom Brady which was for over the stretch of that time was he was the greatest quarterback in the NFL right and it was some of the best quarterback play that we've ever seen um you know up there with with the 2014 Peyton Manning yeah. and, and and you know whatever so
0: I'm talking I was just talking physically I sure. think he can be just physically I think he's in the same shape as he was 2017. I don't okay. think we're going to see the level of play like 2017 because this is a whole new system. He's going sure, to adjust sure. like Peyton Manning did his first year in uh, Denver. where, and I remember a game in uh, where he played the Falcons. He threw three interceptions the first half. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It, it happens. Well, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on.
1: You're fine. And I know the game you're talking about because he – it's kind of the same situation with with Jabriz, how you were saying earlier, like he was trying to fire in these seam routes that, you know, he was so used to being able to just put on the money with his arm. And then he was like, Oh shit, I can't do that anymore. You know, I don't know if it was with his neck or, you know, whatever, but like he just couldn't make that throw anymore. And then he adjusted. And then he was the greatest quarterback of all time. Again, like regular season. Sorry. Um, But with Tom Brady, it's like, he's in this new Bruce Arians system, which is known right to have a very, volatile quarterback in the first season, right? Not just Jameis. However, with Jameis, right? Jameis has always been this volatile quarterback, but we've never seen 30 interceptions from him before until he played in this Bruce Arians system, right? Like, yeah, he still threw picks, but 30 is an abominable amount of of picks. And we also saw with Carson Palmer, right? His first season with Bruce Arians wasn't that great. And then the second year is when we saw the MVP caliber season in 2015 from Carson Palmer, and I just think that, yes, Tom Brady is probably a smart, not probably, he is a smarter quarterback than Jameis Winston and Carson Palmer. But I don't, I don't know. I, what I'm worried about is I don't know if he can learn this system and get used to and as comfortable with the system that is, that he's going to need to be in order to compete in this division and this conference. Because what we saw is that he's not comfortable. As comfortable obviously he's not going to be as comfortable as he was in New England because he's been in that system his entire career but like they don't have a season right to let Tom Brady get used to it like I don't know about you guys but I think this might be his last ride. I know we've, been, we've been saying that but I don't know if you can have this season as like oh Tom Brady's getting used to the system and then maybe he'll be good next year I'm not sure we have that time frame so that's what I'm worried about is the time it's going to take for him to be comfortable and be the Tom Brady we saw in 2017 in this system?
0: Well, he did sign a two-year deal. So I think, if anything, I think that as long as the physical tools are there, which I think Sunday really showed they are still there, as long as this year doesn't just go down the shitter, I think we're going to see Tom Brady next year because it would make no sense for him to sign a two-year deal, have a good year this year, and just be like, nope, I'm gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, that's just banking on him having a good year this year. Now. I mean, I don't think he's going yeah. to, I don't, th- I don't think he throws two interceptions every game. I don't think he throws a pick six every game because he also did have in the very, the very, I like tweeted about it a couple of times, like on the first, I don't know if it was the first drive or it was in the first quarter. He had a beautiful, beautiful dime to Godwin, right? Near the yeah. sideline. And then he had an, another beautiful throw to Mike Evans. But I think like you said, it was, it was dropped or it was, it was PI, but it was a beautiful pass. Um, and so he's still capable, you're right, of making those touch throws, those beautiful Tom Brady throws. But there's just the uncomfortableness that comes with this Bruce Arians system, at least at first. And I'm just, so you know.
0: I, I 100% agree with you. But uh, let me just say the quarterbacks that have been in those systems. Andrew Locke, who was a rookie his first year, he didn't get a second year in that system because Bruce Arians left. He went to Arizona to be head coach. Uh, then we then we had Carson Palmer, and then we had Janus Winston. None of those quarterbacks are have ever come to any sort of the success that Brady's had. Not even for like a single season. Not even Carson Palmer's like MVP year. The heights that Tom Brady has reached. Carson Palmer's best season that sh- could have should have won MVP has never touched Tom Brady's heights. Not even close. With that said, I think you can expect Tom Brady with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard. I am a little worried about Gronk. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I have been worried about Gronk. I'm that, that worry. I'm very worried about
1: Gronk. He looks slow. He did. He, he did. Yeah.
0: And he, looked, he looked slow as last year in New England, too. Yeah. And... He's back and he still seems a little a little slow. I mean, he's, he never really looked fast on the field because he's so big and he's so lanky. He's so weird looking when he runs, but it was a
1: bowling ball. Like it, it, he he was still not insanely fast, but he would be built up momentum and had good luck tackling him. You know, and that was that kind of yeah. deal. But now it's like he looks like really awkward and, and like he's not in pain, but I don't know. I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, He, he, he looked like Connor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. No. I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment.
2: You just said I look like an NFL player.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, that's a very deteriorated one, but uh, <laughs> a player nonetheless. People uh, would often
2: call me the Gronkowski of our street football league. Oh yeah,
1: yeah
0: sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, so moving on, is are there any of our overreactions that you guys potentially have? Like, do you like do you guys feel like so strongly after week one? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna bring up a point real quick. Okay. I'm. The Bills are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, I'm back and say that I'm very, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, they're going to make the playoffs because Sean McDermott is such a good coach. And I'm not even saying that because they beat the jets. I don't give a shit about the jets. I don't care that they beat the jets, but I think what we saw week one is that Sean McDermott and their offensive staff had finally just realized that you kind of have to limit Josh Allen. Not even kind of, you have to limit Josh Allen. Josh Allen the last two years, his rookie year, he had an average depth of target of 11 yards downfield. His second year, 9.3. So the last two years, the Bills have kind of been winning, not because of Josh Allen, but in spite of him, because statistically, he misses more wide open throws than anybody in football. And we even saw it against the Jets. There's a wide open throw in the left, left hand corner, uh, bottom side, left hand corner of the end zone. Just whipped for 10 feet, 10 yards, just over the guy's head, wide open. But in this game, he had an average depth of target of 6.2 yards. And you know what? The offense was moving pretty all right. They look, They looked pretty good. Stephon Diggs had, I believe, eight catches. He looks like he's him and uh, Josh Allen already have a rapport there. John Brown. John Brown still looked good. He looked like he's still going to be able to produce in this offense, even with Stephon Diggs. And this was Josh Allen's first 300-yard game ever. Honestly, like as a passer, he didn't like. He didn't look like amazing. But that's kind of like what happens when you limit your quarterback to just 6.2 yards downfield. You're just, you're just relying that he doesn't make a mistake, and he didn't. He was 33-46, 312 yards, two touchdowns. He had the fumbles because, you know, why wouldn't Josh Allen just fumble when he's, you know, Josh Allen? <laughs> but with that said, like, they are going to try and limit Josh Allen's mistakes. They're going to try and limit the downfield throws. And that's what good coaches do. They don't force their players to do, to do things that they're not successful at doing. They're going to put them in situations to where they can take advantage of their best talents and that's what Sean McDermott's going to do with Josh Allen. He's going to make, they're going to use him in the running game because Josh Allen, he's a great runner. Gotta give him that. And they're going to make Josh Allen a game manager when it comes to throwing the ball. And their defense is just so good. So um, with that said, I think they're taking my wild card spot that I had in the Browns. I think, I think the Bills are going to take that, and I think the Browns are out. Do you guys have anything on the Bills, or do you guys want to overreact on the Browns? Um,
2: I guess we can talk about the Browns. I mean, I, we, we both had the Browns making the playoffs, Chris. It wasn't a great week for us um uh-huh. yeah yeah i'm gavin's gloating right now and he should be proud it was it's only one week is the only defense i have for the browns play it did look awful um my fantasy football wide receiver odell beckham jr um just didn't do anything and <laughs> i really hope he gets traded to the 49ers of the giants back to your uh, g-men chris but yeah i mean the browns just looked awful I'm beginning to reevaluate whether I think they're going to make the playoffs. I might actually say the Patriots are going to take that slot over the Browns because I had the Bills winning the division. I thought they also looked pretty good this week.
0: See, I just... So I have been such a Baker defender. And don't get me wrong. This this is going to sound like an overreaction because it's only one game and it was also going against arguably the best team in the NFL. It's the Ravens. So I'm not completely on the Browns. It's just the comments after the game from both Odell and Baker just did not instill confidence in me. Baker was talking about how their chemistry has to happen naturally. They've now played 17 games together. If there's no chemistry now, when is it going to come? I understand like the first season, like I was saying with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins how that was going to need some time to get chemistry fucking guy has 15 receptions in his first game because DeAndre Hopkins is fucking awesome. He's the most quarterback wide receiver in the NFL. With that being said, 17 games, you don't have the chemistry yet? What are we doing here? Also, the thing with Baker is, it's not just like last year. The offensive line was shit. It was so bad. This year, they have Jack Conklin. They, had, they drafted Jedrick Willis, who had a very good game in his first game. A lot of the first-round tackles their first game, they looked very good, Andrew Thomas included. But Jedrick Willis, he looked awesome. It's not that Baker is just missing throws. He's missing the throws where he's clean in the pocket and he has guys wide open. He's he has. it's almost like he has the yips. I don't, I don't know what's with Baker because coming out of college, the number one trait that he had was his accuracy. Of course, he made the occasional mistake, but I'm okay with him throwing 14 interceptions a year, 16 interceptions a year. It means that he's going to be this accurate quarterback who can lead my offense downfield, but doesn't even look like he can do that. He looks nothing like the rookie quarterback that he was because his rookie year... He arguably was a top ten quarterback that year, and now he's just like, like the if he just if he doesn't figure it out himself this year, the Browns probably have to move on.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, if he if he looks like he did game one and last year, then yes, I agree, and I think that him and a, and a couple other quarterbacks in that in that area are in the same situation. What? Well, I mean, I get the argument that, you know, Daniel Jones probably not because the Giants are kind of in on him and I don't see Joe Judge moving on from him. And I think the same probably applies to Josh Allen. But Sam Darnold, I think, is in that same boat where if we don't see anything out of him this year and any promise, then I think that they're both out. And because this year, I think the Browns did everything they possibly could to take away every excuse from Baker Mayfield that they possibly could as to why he's not doing good. And last year it was the old lines garbage and Freddie kitchens, right? That was it. Like yeah. the offense just was shitty. There was these long developing like routes that, you know, he had no time to hit because the, he had no time to throw. And then him and Odell were for some reason, not on the same page. And well, that unfortunately doesn't look like it's changed. And like, if he doesn't perform well this year, I think we might just have to look and and say it's Baker. And, as as little sense as that makes, given what we saw out of him from in college, Oklahoma, and his rookie year, what the fuck happened? Like I don't understand. Like he didn't get injured. He didn't like blow his knee out and come back and not the same. He didn't like tweak his neck. Like he nothing happened. He just sucks. Like I don't. He I'm got not,
2: drafted know. by the Cleveland Browns.
1: Yeah, but he played. But on the on the Cleveland Browns, he broke the record for rookie touchdown passes. Like he did that in, on the Cleveland Browns, and now he's in just fourteen games. In 14, in 14 games. games. 14 games, yeah. and, now he, and now he's trash. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And so, again, I have to put an asterisk on all this. It's an overreaction, right? It is against the
0: 100%. 100% overreaction so far. But, but it's just so concerning.
1: It is, because, because if you, like you guys think, that, well, thought, I don't know, that they're going to be a playoff team, and your excuse is, well, they're playing the best team in the, in the AFC or in the NFL or whatever, the one of the best defenses, well, if you want to make any kind of noise in the playoffs, you cannot be losing 31 to 6 to 38 30 okay 38 to 6 to the fucking Ravens. Any any team. If you if you want if you're a good team, you should not be losing any game 38 to
0: 6. Not only that. So it's not I don't I don't even care about the final score. I don't care at all. If they lost 38 to 6, whatever. Maybe maybe they just had a, such a good scheme, such a good game plan against the Browns, a rookie head coach and a new system, maybe. Six points, though. But, no, no, don't hear what I'm not saying. Six <laughs> points is bad. Okay. But the thing is, when you have, when you have things that are in your control, like, say you have a play, Baker Mayfield drops back, Odell's covered, and Joe, who's covered? Hooper's covered. Jarvis is covered. Whoever, whoever's out there is covered. Everyone's covered. Whatever, that's a dead play. You can't control that. Say somebody is open, but you have no time. Pressure's in your face. Some, Sometimes there's nothing you can do. The only thing I could say is get the ball away so that way you don't get sacked and you lose yardage. When you have a clean pocket, there is no excuse. To miss a open throw. Unless you're seeing ghosts. That is under your control. That is the only thing you as a quarterback. Technically can control 100% of the time. Not necessarily 100% of the time. You're going to miss your open throws sometimes. But you know what I mean. Just If you have an open guy. You have to hit him.
1: In the NFL you absolutely it's
0: spe- do. It's, and he's not even doing that.
1: Yeah, I don't know what
0: weird. happened.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And, and that's like that's why it's concerning. And and if we don't see it this Thursday from the bear or against the bears, that it, it's going to be, I think for me, and I believe probably for you guys close book on Baker, because I just don't see how you can see him losing to the bears and then think, Oh, well maybe next week. I think we just kind of have to come to terms with the fact that maybe it's just a freak one hit wonder. And that was his rookie year. And we're not going to see that Baker again.
0: So one thing that you did say though, you brought up Sam Darnold and you brought up Daniel Jones, which Daniel Jones his first week actually looked like an improved quarterback.
1: Okay. They, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And i am gonna, gonna ask, ask you, you a, I'm gonna ask you a question about your your beloved Giants, right? So yeah.
0: one second, let me bring up the point about Sam Darnold first. Okay. I have a question for you guys. So we brought up all of them in the same vein. Sam Darnold, I don't know other than and Josh Rosen, in recent memory, I don't know if there's been as bad of a team to get drafted by in terms of surrounding them with talent, surrounding your quarterback with talent, and also surrounding your quarterback with a head coach, but he goes from Todd Bowles, his rookie year, he gets fired. you think it's going to get better? They're going to get some offensive genius. Maybe they're going to get Cliff Kingsbury. I remember they were talking about that, which I don't even know about Cliff Kingsbury yet. But right. Moving on from that, and they literally have—they have no weapons. His best wide receiver is Jameson Crowder. They have no offensive line. They have no running game.
1: A broken Le'Veon Bell.
0: They have Adam Gase as their head coach.
1: Yeah,
0: like if you're the Jets, and this season's not going to—I don't—I don't. I don't I have no confidence that this is going to be a good season from uh, the Jets. Maybe Sam Darnold can turn this around. He did go against a very tough Bills defense. And for most of the year last year, post-mono, he actually looked like a competent quarterback. He had his games, like the game against the Cowboys. Started bringing it up again, Con, but <laughs> he looked like an awesome like quarterback. Chris. It's just he has such bad weapons and offensive line, such a bad head, head coach. I have 100% confidence. I, I don't think there's a chance – Adam Gase isn't fired at the end of the year, if he's not fired mid-year. As uh, he be, Jets, he's been awful. Yeah. If you're the Jets, do you cut bait with Sam Darnold?
1: Uh, I mean, at a certain point, though, like, it's weird, right? Because, he again, he's had the stretches of being a competent quarterback and also the stretches of seeing ghosts and being god-awful. And, again, like I said last episode, I do, you, you can't. Really quantify how much of that is just what you're going to get from Sam Darnold and then a product of the system. Now, there have been quarterbacks though that have been drafted, maybe not into, well, other than maybe like Johnny Manziel, but that's a whole other story as to being drafted into a terrible situation. But Johnny Manziel was just bad. But I, I don't know because, like, it is a good question. I don't, I think if you, if you cut Adam Gase, you get rid of him, right? And you bring in a new coach, maybe that does give him hope. Like, hey, maybe let's see what what he can do with a new system, a new coach, and maybe they bring in a wide receiver that can actually do something and get separation. But uh,
0: what I'm thinking is, it really depends where your draft, your draft position is. Because if they're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, you got to move on.
1: True, I mean,
0: and you got, you, you got to move on if you're if you're there for even. Justin Fields, you got you got to go. Like, you, you got to go for him. You can't just miss on those prospects. But More, also, like, I just feel so bad just because I don't know. So cool.
1: Yeah. Well, what like, happens is, is like you bring in Sam. I mean, I know like I don't know how effective this is and how much of a locker room, you know, culture this would make. But like you bring in Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields because you can draft him. And I think it's worth it you still keep Sam Donald and maybe in camp have a battle and then put out whoever wins the camp on the field and then, you know, like or maybe have Sam Donald start the season, kind of like a tie rod thing. And then once that doesn't work, then you bring out the rookie quarterback. I don't know. That could could very well be what happens.
0: I think it's just one of those things where if you draft a new quarterback, he kind of just got a plan. Because you don't you don't have the luxury of like if you're if you're a GM or a coach and this is a big problem in the NFL I think this is the wrong way to look at it I agree if you're in a perfect world I would rather him battle it out and if sandon's a better quarterback sandon's a better quarterback but in what is the NFL right now if you don't have success you don't have the three year four year windows as a head coach or a GM it's either you build the team the team can progress you can't, or you're out. It just, it's one of those things where coaches don't really have that insurance to where, I mean, Pat Shermer, Pat Shermer drafted Daniel Jones. By all counts, Pat Shermer is a decent, like he's always been a good offensive coordinator. What's a horrible head coach? Always has been a horrible head coach. But then, you know, he's, he's not given that leeway to build a team. And I'm happy about it because I hate him as a coach, but. You just don't get that leeway in the NFL. You have to start your guy from week one because you, you have to show the GM, the front office that, hey, this is my
1: guy. We're gonna grow. And so, so do you so think forth. that Anthony Lynn's not making the right move by starting Justin Herbert week one?
0: No, because I think he I think he actually has that leeway. Cause he's proven something in the NFL. As for like other coaches, because most coaches with rookie quarterbacks, they don't really have much experience. I mean, you look at the really like look at all the rookie uh, rookie quarterbacks that have been drafted high over the past few years. Like Baker Mayfield, his first head coach, Hugh Jackson, never really had experience as a head coach, was an awful head coach. Then he had Freddie Kitchens. Sam Donald had Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles has never done anything ever as a head coach. I mean, they almost made the playoffs one year in 2014, 2015 when Fitzmagic had that really good year at the Jets. Yeah. Other weird. than that, he's been horrible. You look at... Uh, who's an, another one? Trubisky. Uh, uh, Trubisky. He had Matt Nagy. His first head coach, I mean, to be fair, it was John Fox, but, I mean, they they canned him after one year, and that's an experienced head coach who's actually done stuff in the NFL. Not necessarily any much good, but... He, he still you been to. you lost two super bowls yeah that's 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 an accomplishment <laughs> so it's one of those things where most, unfortunately most rookie quarterbacks don't really have established head coaches which is weird it's kind of like one of those things where be, like being a rookie quarterback it's the hardest position to play in sports You want to surround him with talent early. You also want to get him a head coach. It's kind of like one of those things where was Lamar Jackson the best quarterback coming out of college? Or did he happen to get into the best situation where he has a John Harbaugh and he has a Greg Roman and he has that team? Looking back, I, I do think Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback coming out. I, I I think he was very underrated coming out, and I personally I I, I mistakenly underrated him as well. I'll, I'll I'll hand up. I thought I thought he was very inaccurate coming out of college. He was He
1: was he was. I don't think that's an unfair like analysis. Like he looked uncomfortable holding the football. Like he couldn't in his rookie yeah. year. He saw that he sucked like throwing the ball. Like he was good running. Yeah. Like we always he, we all knew he was going to be good. He was electric in Louisville. But he, he wasn't accurate. Now That's a fair thing, to, and that's an important thing to have in a quarterback in the NFL.
0: And so was, was Lamar Jackson, like the evolution of Lamar Jackson, is that more of the fact that this was what Lamar Jackson was meant to be? Or was the rookie, whoever the rookie quarterback was, the fall, if Sam Donald is on the Ravens right now, are the Ravens the Ravens? If Patrick Mahomes was drafted to the Chiefs, I think, I mean, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes might be a bad example because I think Patrick Mahomes works anywhere because I think he's just that with that raw talent that he has. Right. When, and if all the abilities that he has, I think he, he no matter what produces anywhere. But does he nearly produce as much as he is with Andy Reid? Does he have a 5,000-yard 50 touchdown season this early in his career?
1: No. I would argue no. Dude, what if Lamar Jackson was drafted to the Jets, right? What, what would that shit show look like?
0: He, uh, Lamar Jackson might, he might be in the same spot Sam Darnold is right now, except maybe with Lamar Jackson, they're like, oh, coming out of college, he wasn't accurate. And because he's not accurate here at the Jets, this is his problem. We're going to move on from him. It could be. Uh, Could be. That's just one, it's just one of those things where it's just, it's just a really, really tough situation. I don't really know how to feel about it because, you know, head coach is, Honestly, head coach is arguably the only thing that you could potentially argue is more important than a quarterback. Right. And I don't necessarily feel that way, but they, the two positions go hand in hand, and you can't necessarily have one without the other. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with a ba- necessarily with a bad head coach. You have some examples, but you have some examples with bad quarterbacks as well. Most likely you're not going to. Moving on, what was your question about the Giants?
1: Okay. So um... – Daniel Jones, right? I think that he made some good throws, and I think you agree, right? He also he didn't play a perfect game, but I think no. from what we've seen from Daniel Jones, it wasn't that bad, um, and I don't think necessarily he was the problem. Um, I mean, okay, I think well, the main question that I'm leading into is: I know that you're, you know, trying to be as unbiased as possible. And over the offseason, you've been as optimistic as you possibly can be about Joe Judge at head coach, right? Um, first, just quick I, I'm not because I'm ignorant about it. Is Joe Judge calling plays? Joe Judge is
0: not calling plays. Jason Garrett is calling plays.
1: He's the one calling plays. Okay, well, that
2: sounds like a great time. I'm and, very excited for this.
1: <laughs> so the, the, the Giants offense that they ran against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I said they were running – okay, they were running a lot of multiple tight end sets, little to no motion, and a now, lot
0: set. not even multiple tight end sets. There's not two tight end sets. I have no problem with two tight end tight sets. But you're running three tight end sets with Evan Ingram, Caden Smith, and of. Tota, 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 I don't even know how to say he his was, name. I, yeah, Boy yeah, a, a polo Or something.
1: I, I don't know. Blocking <laughs> cool. tight end.
0: You'll, yeah. you'll remember his days from the Falcons. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. six 6'7", he's really tall. That's yes. about it. So, okay. I, well, then my question is, like, what kind of one – okay, how much – of because this is not what we saw with Dallas. And so, like, I don't think this is all Jason Garrett, and I don't know how much of this is Joe Judge and his bullshit old school, you know, whatever weird th- – Archaic offense that we saw against the Steelers. What was that?
0: Well, I think I think part of the reason you saw a lot of that was because they were always going to use multiple tight end sets. They were always going to use two tight end sets at least. But I think the reason they for uh, three tight end sets was because one, they do want to establish a run, as dumb as that is, because they had fifteen rushes, six yards, 16 yards. 16 rushes for Fantastic. six yards, and they kept running the ball. See that's 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 the thing. I'll get to Daniel Jones in a second. Um and uh Golden Tate was hurt. Golden Tate didn't play and I think instead of putting like a like a uh what, what's a backup receiver name for the Giants, uh a bo- board. Uh I I can't remember his first name. Instead of pointing him out there they would rather put in three tight ends. Three tight ends. Still
1: Shepard and you still have Darius Slayton and you still have Evan Ingram who can basically be
0: a receiver. You got to give one of them like some rest. You can't play all of them 100% of snaps necessarily. So many tight
1: ends, dude.
0: And it wasn't just no, like I, a Don't get me wrong. Game. I would I would rather put one of the Giants backup receivers out there. I've no problem with the Giants doing that cuz like I mean they need to play at some point. I think I mean if Golden Tate's gonna get if Golden Tate's gonna be out in an extended period of time, I don't know if he is. I would rather one of the backup wide receivers get out there. With that said, I don't here's where Joe Judge pisses me off. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Ron Rivera real quick. That's fine. I don't think Ron Rivera, new head coach of the Washington football team, diagnosed with cancer. Colton, pray to God that he ends up okay. I think he's gonna be just fine. I mean, he seems to I and mean, he's still coaching football, so thankfully he's still able to do that, do something that he loves during this troubling time for him and his family. Ron Rivera in a spot they're tied 17 17, the fourth quarter, the Eagles and the Washington football team. Fourth and one at the goal at the goal line. He chooses to go for it. And that fourth and one to, not, not not necessarily at the goal line where they're at the one-yard line. It was fourth and one to get a first down after that goal to go. They're within the 10. He goes for it. And he says, after the game, you have to show that you believe in your guys. See, that's something that Ron Rivera kind of lost in the last few years in Carolina. He was no longer necessarily Riverboat Ron. In the first right. first few years... He was aggressive. He was going for it on fourth downs. Everybody was calling him Riverboat Ron. He was an innovator, going for it more and more with Cam Newton and his shitty weapons, but still saying, I believe in these guys. We're going to win with these guys. We're going to go Super Bowl with these guys. Joe Judge, there were two separate occasions. He's, it's fourth and one. He's on the opposing 40 yard line. So it's either you kick a 57 yard field goal you, or you punt and you're basically going to get an automatic touchback because you're kicking, you're kicking 39, 40 yards. The average punt goes like 45, 44, 45 yards. And then, I mean, the punt returner just let it go in the end zone for a touchback, so you shouldn't punt in that situation. You should just go for it. If you're, if you're across, if you're at the 40-yard line of your opponent, and you're not confident you can make a 57-yard field goal, you shouldn't even try and make a 57-yard field goal because the chances of making that are still slim. You go for it. You want to tell me that the argument against it was, you got to trust your defense. You got to show your defense you have faith in them. What about your fucking offense?
2: This is how what? you can tell it's your first game with Jason Garrett calling your offense. Yeah, Get used to this, Jason
0: Garrett. This wasn't even Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett doesn't say, if Joe Judge says to Jason Garrett, Hey, I want to go for it. You bet your fucking ass, Jason Garrett's going to clap at him and say, "Yes, Daddy, we're going to go for Garrett it." Jason
2: Garrett is an alpha. Jason, not,
1: oh my he's god, not he's, he's not an, an alpha. The best coach I've ever seen in my life.
2: No, that was a lie.
1: So, so did,
0: not only did they not go for it, they gave this little fucking. They did the little bullshit. Uh, we're going to get to the line of scrimmage really quick. Send somebody in motion and fake snap it a couple of times, hoping that they'll line up offsides. Take the five yards delay of game and then fucking punt it? Show your fucking guys you believe in them. What are you even doing? Like, Riverboat Ron, he's showing his team, the Washington football team, a team that hasn't been good for the better part of the last 30 years. Like, he believes in them. But you're Joe Judge, the fucking head coach of the New York football Giants. You have a quarterback in Daniel Jones who they drafted six overall last year who's actually a pretty fucking lanky dude that you can literally send forward on a quarterback sneak for one yard. One. One yard. And other than that, they had another chance to go for it. Fourth and, uh, fourth and like two, goal-to-go situation. And they choose not to go for it. You, you play, to, to, to quote one of the famous quotes of all time NFL history, you play to win the game.
1: But I, And I think, I think unfortunately, the, the, the cliche, the one out in that situation was you got to put points on the board. And I think that's the dumbest shit that you could possibly say as a head coach. Like, just so, points?
0: Just compare the two situations. Riverboat Ron, who got I – mean, just point this out because we haven't really – we haven't talked about them. Washington football team's defense looked awesome. And I know the Eagles, their offensive line was depleted. Lane Johnson didn't play. Andre Dillard's obviously out for the year. Brendan Brooks is out for the year. They had eight sacks. And Carson Wentz looked horrible. It's 17-17. And you can kick the field goal. You can take the lead. You can just be like, you know what? I trust my defense. I'm going to take the field goal right here. And we're going to be up 20-17. to Riverboat Ron says, no, fuck that. Because I want to win the game. So I'm going to go for it, and if I don't make it, guess what? The Eagles have 95 yards to drive downfield. With, with how they were playing, you think the Eagles were going to drive 95 yards to win the game? No. No chance. So, the Giants, it's 0-0. You want to come out and you want to make a statement? You have a chance to go for it. And you say, no, I'm going to take my three points. Because I would rather be up 3 nothing than go, for, go and be aggressive and make a statement and be up 7 nothing against one of the better rosters in the NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It just makes no sense. So, no, I don't, I don't have much faith in Joe Judge. I think he's going to be one of the most conservative head coaches in the NFL. And maybe he proves me wrong, but with how he's speaking... He said he said today or yesterday, he said, I'm not going to give up on the run.
1: Dude, like that's just not what you want to hear from your head coach.
0: Saquon was had 15 carries for seven yards.
1: Six yards.
0: Six yards. Thank you, Connor. So little
2: well, fact correct fact check.
0: Dude, if if there's any time to say Daniel Jones Danny Dimes, I believe in you. My, the face of the franchise, Saquon Barkley, isn't doing it for me. Throw the fucking ball! Just fucking keep <laughs> chucking it. Why are we? Why are we
1: settling for less than a yard per carry? And, and at a certain point, it was twelve carries, negative two yards, and they still kept running it. Like. The only t- kind of any success Saquon had was like a, like a screen pass that he ended up running for 40 yards or whatever. Like, and it was a pass, right? They yeah. put him in space, and he did what Saquon does. But- so,
0: so, and with that, I think Daniel Jones had a very, very encouraging game. There were a few times where the pressure got in and, and where last year he probably would, probably would have fumbled the ball. He had two hands on the ball, and he looked very confident having the ball in his hands. With that said, he also had three plays that really come to my head. He had the one pick to T.J. Watt, which their most picks are going to be on the quarterback.
1: That one can't. You and, can't.
0: and I'm, no, I'm, I'm still going to put it on Daniel Jones because, obviously, technically, he could have seen T.J. Watt backing up. He okay. could have, technically. But it's one of those things where you kind of just have to tip your cap to the defensive player because T.J. Watt saw as a three-step drop and he backed up really quick before Daniel Jones even noticed him and just made a hell of an athletic play by picking him off. The second interception, and this is kind of back to the Baker point, you have, you have obstacles that you can't control. You have pr- sometimes you have pressure in your face that it's under two seconds. You just really you can't get the ball away. You have times where your receivers don't get open. When you have a situation for both of these plays, Evan Ingram's wide open in the end zone. All he had, all he had to do was just lob it up, and he's touchdown. You have to hit that play. Should, should have been 7 nothing. Giants didn't even, shouldn't have even had to go for it. He misses him. And then uh, on the pick, the second one where, he, where Casey Hayward picked it off, I believe. If you don't know Casey Hayward he's a another defensive end I mean, uh, they,
1: Hayward. Casey Hayward's a hammer, not
0: Casey Cameron Hayward thank you uh on that play Daniel Jones just let pressure get to him that was of shitty he just throwing the ball away all all he had to do was just throw it to the back of the end zone and let the ball go out of bounds and he just didn't so but other than that other than those three plays he was getting the ball out quick he had good in terms of fumbles he had good ball protection and he was throwing the ball accurately I mean you saw the 41 yard touchdown pass to Darius Slayton like honestly against the Pittsburgh Steelers arguably the best defense in the NFL if you were to tell me that Daniel Jones would look as good as he did with zero fumbles and only one of those picks really were his fault I, I, I would tell you that's a very very encouraging sign and I'm very excited to see the rest of the year but when it comes to Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, I am fucking terrified.
1: Why can the Giants not seem to pick a head coach that doesn't suck ass? Like Ben McAdoo, because, Pat Shermer, and now Joe Judge. Like
0: Because they want to – the way they, their franchise is ran is they want to be – they want to run an old school system. They just so aware where, you know, you, you, you want to establish the run. You want to do things the, the right way. There's a bunch bunch of shit. They just, they're an old school team. All right, quickly before we get out of here, uh, we, we talked about the Browns. We talked about the Bengals a little bit. I, get, I mean, not really. I, I kind of just said their, their score. The line for this game is minus 6.5 in favor of the Browns. It's a very big line for a team that only scored six points this past game. What do you, how do you think this game's going to go, Connor? You go first. Tell me, tell me your analysis, and then tell me, uh, tell me this your spread pick.
2: So we didn't talk about the Bengals a lot, and that was kind of disappointing because Joe Burrow actually looked pretty good in that game, and I mean they would have won the game if you know Same the number. Bengals if Randy Bullock didn't have a miraculous hamstring injury the second he needed to kick a game-winning field goal. Right, quote-unquote injury. Yes, yes. quote-unquote injury. Yeah, but I thought that Burrow had a couple of really promising drives. You know, this is not going to be a good team. They they just don't have a good roster. But I think they could probably win, like, five or six games this year. And, you know, the Browns looked – we talked about the Browns. They looked like the Browns. And, you know, six points is a lot of points. I think that that Baker Mayfield will be better this game because – Obviously, the Bengals are significantly worse defensively than the Ravens. I think the I I would pick the Browns to win the game straight up, but, you know, it's a division matchup. Burrow had some promising drives week one. Uh, I think that the Bengals are probably – I would pick the Bengals with that uh, line, that spread.
1: Gavin? I I, I agree. I think that Joe Burrow – oh, shit. Sorry about that. Um, Joe Burrow had a promising game um, and he obviously didn't, I don't think anyone expected him to come into the NFL and look like he did at LSU. I mean, that was absurd. And I don't think, and that only because he's not in the situation, right. Um, He's not in a good situation really at all. I mean, he has a couple good weapons, maybe AJ Green, um, Tyler Boyden. Well, I was going to say John Ross, but good God, John Ross. I, I, Anyways, I think that as far as this game goes, six and a half is a lot of points. And I think that I am on the train that the Browns are not that great. um, And I was even in my pre season preview, I had them at five and 11. Maybe that was a little low, but maybe that's starting to look like a, a pretty accurate thing again, overreaction. But I, I'm, you know, I really, this could, this game could literally go either way, I think. And so I couldn't tell you a winner outright and be confident in it, and because of that, I'm just gonna go with the Bengals because you're gonna give me six and a half points, you know. So
0: I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm going to pick the Browns, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Joe Burrow, even though he had stretches of good play, he he had that really good last drive that gotten that led them to a field goal that should have tied the game. The offense did struggle still. The defense still isn't very good. Uh, I mean, they only let up sixteen points, but that was really to the Chargers who are running a very run heavy offense, and you know they're they're starting Trod Taylor who's probably going to have to turn the ball over to Justin Herbert in a few games because i I don't think Teron Taylors are really very good that said this this Bengals defense isn't really good, and I think they're going to try i i I hope so. I think they're going to try and make this game as easy as possible for Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to try and scheme up open ways to build that chemistry with Odell. And I think they're going to absolutely run the ball down the Bengals' throat. And the Bengals don't have the defense for it. I think this is a huge Nick Chubb game. I think it's a very good Kareem Hunt game. And I think because of how much they're, they're going to get off to a hot start, I think I mean the Bengals. I mean the Browns do have a lot of talent in their defense, and I think against a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow, I I, I do think they're going to struggle a little bit. I, I think Miles Garrett's going to have his, and I think Joe Burrow is going to probably throw his first pick. So, um, all right, that's really it. Any, anybody have anything to say?
1: Um, not not really. We didn't. I don't want to continue this too, too much longer. So um, I was just going to say as far as the game kind of didn't really touch on as the Niners game. Um, and I just kind of want to say I'm a little worried about the Niners. I'm not going to go too far into it, but I think as far as the regression that we were kind of talking about, I kind of saw it. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, a little questionable, but um, with that said, I, I, I did enjoy this we'll, episode and, um, you know, we'll talk
0: about that. Uh, we'll talk about that first thing, next episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That
0: way we can get, uh, we can get out of here. Sure thing. All right, beautiful, beautiful conversation. You yeah. anything quick to say?
2: I appreciate you guys not dunking on me over Drew Locke, and now we have to end the episode.
1: Oh, I forgot we didn't talk about that game either,
2: dude. Sorry to bring um, it up. Out of time.
1: We'll, we'll talk about
0: Drew Locke in our preview of Week 2, when they play... Who they play? When they play, if this wants to load, they play the Steelers. Oh, so, that's so, tough. Uh, Daniel Jones looked pretty good for the most part. That uh, game. I don't. I, I. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, football is fucking back, boys. I am very, very excited. I am fucking thrilled to have you guys all listening. Thank you guys so much. I will see you next time.